Well, who would ever imagine that at the beginning of a new year, that by Easter, basketball and baseball and hockey and March Madness and the MMA and the Olympics would have all been canceled? Who would have imagined that restaurants would be closed, that businesses would be closed, that colleges would be closed, that weddings would be canceled, and funerals would be canceled, and graduations would be canceled, and churches would be empty on Easter? I would have said there's just absolutely no way that that could ever happen, but here we are. And how many people are going out of their minds with the quarantined life, just Right in your living room, raise your hands if you are going crazy with the quarantine life. Some of us have wondered what it would be like to have unlimited time with our families or unlimited time with our children. And now you know. And with everybody home, you can feel like you're ready to go AWOL, like you're going to explode. Well, I'm excited about a new series we're going to be getting next Sunday, which describes, I think, how we're going to feel in the weeks ahead, and that is this. When facing the unknown, how do you pray? How do you plan? How do you prepare? So we're going to do a series on when facing the unknown, because would you agree with me that we are facing the unknown, that we are facing a future that nobody knows? What is a future that it is that students don't know what's going to happen in school? We don't know what the future is going to look like in business, in the economy, in weddings, in funerals, in graduations. We just don't know. And the reality is this, that we're facing an uncertain future. And so I'm inviting you to join us next Sunday as we launch into this new message series, How to Deal with the Unknown. But today we're concluding our series on what to do in times of crisis. The title of the message this Uh, morning is how to deal with times of darkness. I think you'd agree with me that we're living in a time of of great darkness, a time where we don't know how to see beyond the darkness. And last week, we looked at Good Friday when Jesus Christ was crucified. And as we open our Bibles to Luke chapter 23, I want to read to you what happened here. It says this in Luke chapter 23, verse 44. And by this time, it was about noon, and darkness fell upon the whole land until three o'clock, and the light from the sun was gone. It says, at this time, darkness fell upon the whole land. Perhaps you feel like darkness has fallen upon the whole land. And so it feels like it's just, it's a dark day, isn't it? I mean, and how, do you, how does God respond to the darkness? I think one of the things we need to understand is that the nature of God, the very nature of God, is that he shines his light into the darkest places and the darkest circumstances in the darkest moments of our lives. And we look at how even at the beginning of the Bible, the scripture starts out this way, and it says, in the beginning that God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And there you see when the earth was created, darkness was over the land. Before God brought light into the world, there was darkness, which literally means a disorienting kind of black chaos. And it feels like that now, doesn't it? Where darkness has visited the earth again. 
Would you agree with me that in the past few weeks, the life that we once knew has been absolutely swept away by a disorienting black chaos darkness? How many of you right now would agree that we're in a time of economic darkness where joblessness has plunged 35 up to, uh, I think, about 15%, where the stock market has plunged 35%, where there are millions of people who are unemployed, and we're living in a time of economic darkness. Not only that, people are experiencing times of, of emotional darkness, where we're so confined to these little small spaces, our homes, and there's like no reprieve here. There's so much isolation and loneliness there and nervousness that people are experiencing worry, anxiety. And our feelings, I think it's like this, that there are these feelings swimming around inside of us that are screaming at us. And they're screaming out to do something, do something now. So perhaps you're feeling anxiety or, or depression or you're, some people I think are feeling just a mental state feeling uneasy or disoriented or anxiousness, discouragement. I think it could be sort of an emotional funk there where you just don't even know how to, how to process all of the emotions and the emotional darkness that you're experiencing. I think for other people, your story is this, is that perhaps you'd struggled with addiction and you've been clean and sober And now there's this swirling, disorienting chaos, and you feel like you are on the the verge of relapsing again. So for others, there's relational darkness. By that I mean that marriages can be under incredible strain and stress right now. For others still, we're, we're, we're limited with our time with children, we're unlimited with our time with children, and that is even more stressful. And now you know what it's like to have unlimited time with your children. With everyone locked into the home, it feels like we just want to escape there. This is also a time of obvious physical darkness, where for millions of people have been infected, and this is a time really of physical darkness. By now, I think all of us know somebody or know somebody that knows somebody who's been impacted by the coronavirus. And it's, it's staggering, even as we're, we're flattening the curve. And lastly, I think we're living in a time of spiritual darkness. We see this reflected even in Google, even online. I was reading today where prayer in our nation is unprecedented and has skyrocketed to unbelievable levels never seen before. As more people are actually praying now than ever because of the pandemic. And so people are searching for God. People are are Googling God in prayer. So listen, friends, there may be darkness over the land right now, but it is the nature of God that he reaches out in his light to the darkest places, the darkest circumstances, in the darkest moments of our lives. So let me draw your attention again to the beginning of the Bible where it says in Genesis, now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And Listen to what it says now. It says, and the spirit of God, the spirit of the living God was there hovering over the waters. 
So in the midst of the chaos and the darkness and the confusion, there's the spirit of the living God there hovering over the waters since the beginning. There was the light of God's spirit hovering over the darkness. And look at what it says in verse 3, where it says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. And what we learn about God from the very beginning is it is the nature of God to bring his light into the darkness. And I'd like us to think about that and think about the personal implications of that. Because this is who God is. That God is a God that brings light into your darkness. In all the ways you were experiencing darkness, God brings light into your darkness. And since the beginning of time, this is something that God has done over and over and over. It's not just something that God did in the beginning there in Genesis. But we read about Jesus in the New Testament where Jesus, when he came into the world in a very dark time, and he stood up one day, and he fearlessly proclaimed this in John chapter 8, verse 12, where he said that, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And you may know the story that we talked about last week on Good Friday, where the people held this bogus, phony, fake trial to condemn to death the light of the world. And they crucified the light of the world. And there was Jesus' corpse that was placed in a tomb. And a huge stone was placed over the tomb. And there was Jesus' dead body. Dead body locked up in a quarantine of darkness. And the Bible says that darkness came over the land that afternoon. What if I told you that the eyes that were closed in death upon the cross would awaken in life? What if I told you that the hands that just fell limp at the nails there would then begin to fill with new life? What if I told you that the body that was absolutely brutalized, crucified on a cross, was now alive and radiating with the light of his heavenly Father? We might think that the resurrection last week was canceled, but Jesus walked out of that tomb on a mission that continues to this very day to bring his light and life and love to the world, to bring his hope and forgiveness to every single person living in darkness. And friends, that includes you and that includes me. Whatever darkness that you're dealing with, whatever despair you're dealing with, whatever chaos is in your life, darkness does not have to have the last word over your life because Jesus Christ, the light of the world, has been resurrected. Jesus rose from the dead to announce that darkness would not have the last word. So I want to remind you of Jesus' words in John chapter 1, verse 4, where it says, In him was life, and that light was the light, the life of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Has not overcome it. And this is the good news, that God still brings light into your darkness. So I want us to be encouraged by this. 
So right now in the middle of the global crisis, when darkest darkness seems to be covering the earth, let us be reminded that regardless of whatever kind of darkness you are experiencing right now, it is the nature of God to bring his light to the darkest places, the darkest circumstances, in the darkest moments. I wonder how many people need to hear this today because you feel like you are in a dark season of life, like your life is not only being quarantined, but being quarantined in a dark tomb like Christ was. Well, I want you to know this. I have three points this morning, and I want you to know this. Number one, God does some of his very best work in the darkness. That is who he is. This past month, we have been thrust into a new normal, all of us experiencing a new normal. And how many of you have heard people say this? I just can't wait to get back till things are normal. I think we need to rethink that. Because getting back to normal, really you want to have all of the normal that you used to have? For some of us where normal is just normal selfish, where normal was all about me all the time, where I talked to somebody a couple days ago where normal was spiritually lukewarm, where normal is relationally broken, where normal is emotionally distant and painful. Really, we want to go back to normal. Or perhaps God has a new normal. I would like to suggest to you that the pandemic has created the perfect opportunity for a new normal where the spirit of the living God can work way beyond the old normal in your life. Perhaps things that he's been wanting to do for a long time and now you're open to it happening. Maybe for some of us, the new normal would be getting into the Bible more often and letting your heart be renewed to hear from God and hear God's voice. That'd be a pretty awesome new normal, wouldn't it? Maybe for other of us, the new normal would be, hey, I want to be a more of a praying person. I don't want to be just a person that prays. I want to be a praying person. I want to be a person who processes my life and my decisions before God in prayer. Maybe for others of us, the new normal would be a new patience. New patience with the kids, or new patience with your parents, or for you college students, new patience with your professors, or new dependence on God. That would be a pretty awesome new normal, wouldn't it? Maybe it's showing kindness to the people that you work with, or you live with, you interact with, your relational circle. I think for others still that maybe for you, it would be a spiritual breakthrough. Perhaps the way that you deal with life and stress and anxiety. For others, I think the new normal would be you could be a more generous person. You could be more like God in your generosity. That would be awesome and pleasing to God. For others of us still, perhaps your new normal would be learning to rest in God's goodness, and God's grace, and trust in Him. Maybe it's resting and knowing that I am not in control, and I'm okay with not being in control, because I walk with a God who is in control. 
Maybe for others still, it's time to, to look up and to ask God, God, what is it that you want to change in my life? What is it you want to make me into? What are you trying to say to me during this time? Friends, maybe it's time to live for a higher purpose. Rather than living for an empty purpose, rather than going back to the old, normal, really, that's what you would want, making the same mistakes, the same dead-end relationships, stuck in the same old lifestyle patterns, really? We want what God wants for our lives, don't we? See, we can get stuck in patterns of darkness and and listen to what the Bible says when David spoke in Psalm 18, where he said, Lord, you keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. And friends, that's what I want to tell you this morning. That God is a God who wants to turn your darkness into light. Don't you want to follow a God like that? Well, secondly, God not only does his best work in, dark, in, in darkness, but God sends his followers to shine their light in the darkness. And I'm so excited about this because when the world is increasing in darkness, seemingly week by week, it's time for the church to shine the light its brightest. And Jesus didn't just say that I'm the light of the world, but he said that you are the light of the world. He said, and go ye therefore and shine the light. And so listen, friends, I get it that many of us are shut up in our homes. We feel quarantined and isolated. But Jesus said this, don't hide your light under a basket or cover it behind closed doors. So we at Sanctuary, we are shining the light of Christ. We're not going to slow down. We're not going to shrink back. We're not going to stop. We are on a mission here to shine the light of Christ in our community and beyond. And I want to give a big shout out and thank you to everyone who is shining the light of Christ during this time by doing the simple things, by making the phone call to, your, to perhaps a friend or a neighbor, someone that you think, think of. Perhaps you're just driving along and someone comes to your mind. You don't know that that couldn't be God bringing them to your mind. So give them a text, give them a phone call, give them a shout out, talk to them. So many isolated and lonely people. For others of us, I think it's just sending help. Maybe it's a gift. Maybe it's a, a, a note there of encouragement to those that are on the front lines. But the work of sanctuary continues strong in serving and supporting our community and beyond. And I want to take a moment and talk about that because I'm so excited that this very week we're providing 70 boxes of healthy food bars. They have 24 food bars each that we're giving out to Youth Hope and Redlands and to the homeless, to our community. And how great it is that this week we can distribute 1,700 of these healthy food bars. Additionally, this week, we are shining the light by providing 100 protective face shields to a local retirement home and community. And it's such a great story that I asked Kathy Martin if she would go ahead and share the story about the face shields that we were given, uh, given to us. Uh, we were able to obtain by a family that attends Sanctuary Church and has a business in Banning, and they started making these face shields. And I was approached about them, 
and we were able to obtain a hundred of them. We were able to give them away. So listen to this, this great story. I am so excited to tell you the story of the face shields. Um, Creekside Nursing Home, I called them up because uh, I had someone say to uh, me that we were going to distribute 100 of these to Creekside Nursing Home. And so I called them up and I um, made an appointment and I said I had 100 of these and they're like unbelievably overwhelmed through the moon. And uh, I went there today and knocked on the door. Well, actually, they have a bell that you have to ring. I knocked and then rang. And someone came out because we can't come in. And I said, I have a 100 of these shields. And they're like, oh, my gosh, just wait one second. You're the girl with the, the face mask. I go, yeah, that's me. And I'm from Sanctuary Church. And they were like, oh, my gosh, wait, wait. So they came back out with... Um, the assistant and the director of um, social services. And her name's Dana. And she comes and she says, oh my gosh, Kathy, we are so blessed. And she almost started crying because she saw that I had these. And um, I'm going to start choking up and crying myself because it was such an incredible gift to them that they would have something protecting them. And they have 57 nurses there. And they have additional you know, caretakers, whether they work as the janitors or the nurses. It equaled 99. 99. And we gave them 100. So God is good. And thank you to Sanctuary Church for this great honor to be a part of something so glorious. Don't you just love that story? I love how Sanctuary Church, you are shining the light of Christ in our community. Well, not only is Sanctuary shining the light of Christ in our local community through what we're doing, but also we are shining the light of Christ internationally to the orphans of Africa. And so just a moment, Taps is going to share a story. You may know that Taps is an orphan from St. Joseph's in Zimbabwe. Uh, we're going to be providing hundreds of pounds of food to the orphans at St. Joseph's Orphanage and Harari's Boys' Home in Zimbabwe. Listen to the story from Taps. Hi, Sanctuary Church. This is Taps here. I hope you're all doing well. I know that many of us, our lives have been turned upside down during this coronavirus crisis that has struck the entire globe. And for many of us, it's left us wondering what happens next and has left us with feelings of uncertainty, feeling and anxiety. But I wanted to encourage you and say that God has a plan for each and every one of us, despite what's going on around us. You know, in times like this, there are those of us who are hit a lot harder than most of us. And in this instance, I'm talking about the boys and the children in Zimbabwe that we support. Um, like I said, this virus has disrupted everyday life for people across the globe. And um, in Zimbabwe, these homes 
particularly because of people not having enough income or not sure where money is coming from, to sort of stop the supply of donations and monetary supplies to get the kids food for the next coming weeks in Zimbabwe. They've literally shut down the country, meaning that people cannot even go to the local markets or the stores to pick up food. But they've made exceptions for for those who are destitute and those who are desperate. And, and this includes the kids at the children's home. So I was making a plea to the church. Uh, if we could support uh, these kids at St. Joseph's and Harare Children's Home, by getting some money so we can send them so they can stock up on food. Here in the US, we are five weeks in into our lockdown in Zimbabwe. They're just getting through with week one. So they have a long road ahead of them. And we wanted to prepare them and have them well equipped with enough essentials that will carry them throughout this lockdown. So I wanted to call upon you, the church, like you've done countless, countless, countless times and stepped up for these kids when it comes to school and Christmas. If we could step up as a church and as a community to help these orphanages out in this time of crisis. I know as we go through our own crises as families here in the US, um, it sometimes might seem a little tough. So if it's not within your means, we completely understand. But if there's something that any of you guys can do out there, that would be amazing. Thank you. God bless you, and I can't wait to worship with you again. I can't wait to to be corporately together and see what God does in each and every one of our lives. Thank you again, Sanctuary Church. I love you all, and I can't wait to see you soon. God bless. And thank you, Taps. And I want to thank you for shining the light of Christ throughout the world, because really, the people in the world, the orphans in Zimbabwe and others, need our light to shine more now than ever. Well, our staff have pooled their efforts this week, and here's what we want to say to a very special group in our church who are bringing the light into the darkness. All of you who are on the front lines, and uh, here is what we want to say to you. To all of you that are helping in healthcare, all the healthcare professionals, we want to say, to the hospital staff, technicians, healthcare aides, and nurses. Thank you. Hi, my name is Taps, and I wanted to say thank you to all the first responders and all the healthcare workers who are at the front lines of this coronavirus. I wanted to say God bless you and thank you for all that you do. We are so grateful for all of the essential workers. Thank you to all the essential workers who keeps our communities going. Thank you for your service and taking care of the sick and those in need. It's a beautiful day in Yukaipa. Sun's out, flowers are blooming, blue sky. Great day to be thankful, especially those people that are serving us today. People working in the hospitals, firemen, policemen, servicemen. We're so thankful for you. We thank you that God has given you to bless us. And for all of you folks out there, God be for you, who can be against you. This is Pastor Ron. See you next time. We're praying God's protection over you. To all the frontline workers who are working behind the scenes and might feel forgotten. Thank you. 
we want you to know that now more than ever, you are in our prayers. We support you and are here for you. And we pray for God's wisdom moving forward. We pray that God would sustain you when you come home exhausted. Greetings, first responders. May, may God replenish your energy to get up and start another day. Our prayers are with you guys. Blessings. Thank you for the endless amounts of sacrifice that you're making. To help protect our community. We are cheering for you. We're cheering for you. We are cheering for you and you are in our prayers daily. We are praying for you daily. Keep going. Press on. Thank you. Thank you. To all those on the front line, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. From the bottom of our heart, thank you. Well, I may be the only one in this ministry center right now, but I know that there are many people that are they're, they're just applauding with me right now as you are on the front lines and shining the light of Jesus. And our prayers are with you. And when you bring the light of Jesus, you bring hope where there is despair. You bring the love of God where there is loss. So thank you for shining the light of Jesus into the darkest places, in the darkest moments under the darkest circumstances. And I want to close with this one last thing for you to remember and never forget, lastly, and that is this, that Jesus invites you to follow him as the light of the world. Wherever you are at in your spiritual journey, Jesus invites you or re-invites you to follow him as the light, your light in the darkness. Because just as when Jesus was quarantined in a tomb and darkness covered the land, things were looking so dark then and things are looking so dark now. And many people in your journey, you are lonely and you are discouraged. And what if I told you that as a church, we are getting stronger? Would you believe it? What if I told you that your family could grow closer together and become more united now than ever? What if I told you that God wants to use this dark time to bring you closer to him? What if I told you that this is a time where, although we are limited and we can't go anywhere, God is a God who is unlimited and can go anywhere. And God is ready to do his best work in you. And God sends his light to shine in the darkness. And we know that Jesus is inviting anyone, everyone, and that includes you right here and right now to follow him. Jesus said this in John chapter 8, verse 12. He said that, I am the light of the world, and whoever, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Notice that Jesus said, whoever follows me, Anyone who follows me, I will be with you. And so, whatever your dark situation, it is not too dark. You are not too far from God. And with a humble heart that would simply say yes to God, would say yes to Jesus today, and simply say right now, you can say this 
right in your living room, wherever you're at, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want you to be my light in the darkness. Jesus, I want to believe in you. Jesus said, be not unbelieving, but believe. I want you to believe in me. And when you come to Jesus and you simply say, I believe, those are two words that could change your life forever. I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you died for me. And wouldn't you want Jesus Christ, the light of the world, to forgive your sins today and to give you a fresh start? What if I told you that God is a God who, who, who loves you and wants to have a relationship with you? He really does. What if I told you that you don't have to, to, to live in darkness anymore, even today nor in the life to come? But you can have life forever. You can have eternal life. And that is what Jesus offers you right here and right now. What if I was to tell you that this dark time could possibly emerge from it the best time of your life? And I'm going to tell you that wherever you've been, it really doesn't matter that you can say yes to the light, that you can say yes to forgiveness, say yes to God. So maybe you've been ignoring God. Maybe you've been playing games with God. Maybe you've been, others have been casual with God. And now is your great opportunity to come before your creator, the light of the world, and see if this isn't what God wants for your life. And you can pray this simple prayer, a silent prayer in your heart and say this, Jesus, I believe in you. I trust you. I choose to follow you, to take Christ as my Savior. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for making your life mine. I now give you my life. Be my light in darkness. And if you prayed that prayer, you want to leave some information on the screen how we would love to encourage you. We're going to leave that for just a moment. And we would love to help you take some next steps. And after we're over this pandemic, we would love to invite you to attend Sanctuary Church. What a great day. Put yourself in a posture to receive his blessing. And Father, as you see your children, I pray that you would bless them. Father, you entered into their story when we were in the midst of our transgressions and our sins. It's because of your grace that we are here. And Father, I pray that this week when they call out to you, that they would know that you are a God who hears them, that they would experience your grace and your goodness this week, that you would be near them, that you would put your hand upon them, that you would encourage them, inspire them, that they would hear your voice this week. I pray, Father, that you would do this and that you would do more. And I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you and have a great week.